Welcome to Nerd Sports. Arg. Today we're going to go over the mishaps of uh, the Olympics. And uh, so far I've gotten... Uh, uh, oh, let me fix my mic a little bit more. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that basically... And before you start, I, I just, I just want to wanna bring it to the attention of our listeners... I'm impressed. I'm I'm actually in, I'm I'm in, I'm excited to see where this one goes because the we always start the show. You always say we're going to go over the intricacy or the, uh, the the intricate world of, and then you like pull some random shit out of your ass. Yeah, and you, you you are coming to the table with like legitimate news stories. What's really from the sports world? What, what, and I'm, I'm sitting yeah. there going. This is probably the least athletic, non-sports-centered individual I have ever met in my entire life. No, that's not true. But one, you top ten, easy. Yeah. But still, you're 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 you came to the table ready to play, dude. Good on you, bully, bully. Look at you, guy. I know, right? All right. So, but let's uh, go. okay, the first one is Hong Kong police arrested man for booing Chinese national anthem while watching Olympics. Now, you can't do that in the United States, so we're kind of oblivious of this. And the whole reason why the, uh, I this, like, procked up really hardcore on me is because we have something and we treasure the most, me and you at mm -hmm. least, uh, is the Bill of Rights to where the first one up there is the right to assembly, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, and the creme de la creme, the freedom of speech. Yeah. Now, in certain countries, this doesn't surprise me. Uh, Hong Kong doesn't surprise me because, you know, uh, it is China, and China is a communist nation. So they can basically pull you, they can black brag, uh, black ba uh, bag you at any t good time that they want. Yeah. And they can pull you aside, arrest you, and... Uh, they, they can deem anybody in the country at any time that they want yeah. a complete and total shit pump. And, and what a, one of people, you people are like, oh, that, that's just that. No, Dubai, you can do the same thing if you uh, have, like, uh, if you say anything about the prince or in Saudi or something like that in the Middle East, you say something against their monarch, they will arrest you. Yeah. So that's uh, the one thing. He was, 40-year-old man was accused of assaulting the national emblem. Uh, when watching a live stream of an uh, award ceremony on Monday. Now, uh, we're actually saying this, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, but it's just, it just goes on the show that their reach is very far. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if the dude boos the Chinese national anthem, the party is not going to like that very much. It's not the party line. Obviously, they want everybody, you know, you know, it, it locked. You know, locked in step. I, I, I find that very interesting, and, and I doubt very seriously that this individual is going to be seen for for at least a while. He, he's he's going to end up mining lithium somewhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, his organs are going to be sold out to the highest bidder or lowest bidder, uh, depending on how bad he uh, destroyed his liver and everything. So. Our next topic is four Tokyo Olympic staff arrested for uh, suspicion of cocaine use. Four men, two Americans, two British nationals, uh, work for a company that provides electrical power for services for the game. It, it was kind of a roundabout thing. That's the only reason why I 
it topped over because it was people that were working for the So the Japanese Olympics. were cracking down on drug use. Uh, actually, Jap- Japan actually cracks down a lot on drug use. Robert, oh, yeah. Downey, Robert Downey Jr. almost didn't get to go to the premiere of one of his movies. I think it was the Avengers movie. I'm not really sure. Uh, no, because he was clean. Iron Man. He was clean. No, no, no. Uh, it's because he was arrested for drug use. Oh, in the past, back in, in the, the past. 80s. Yeah, yes, gotcha. they go. They they divvy up on past records. There's a lot of people that can't get in to Japan because of their past records. Yeah. Like if, uh, I don't I don't know if Tim Allen actually tried to go to Japan, but they have very harsh laws that even if you. They, they don't. I don't think they believe in second chances all too much, but not dogging Japan. Japan is actually a wonderful place. But if you have a bad record and everything like that, then boom, you don't get a good. Uh, uh, you don't get to go into Japan. Hmm. And okay. another one. Uh, now, this is going to be a hard one for me. Uh, Zuberk. Uh, it's U-Z-B-E-K, man. Uh, arrested over allegedly raping at the uh, Olympic Stadium. I mean, that, that's the title of the thing. Uh, 30-year-old Zuberk, uh, man, was yeah, arrested. Yeah, Uzbek. Uzbek. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. an individual, uh, a man from the country of Uzbek, arrested over alleged rape at the Tokyo Olympic Stadium. Um, let me pull that article up too, so that way I can go through go through it with you. Uh, but uh, was arrested on Sunday with suspicion of raping a woman in the Tokyo uh, Olympic Stadium last week, uh, just days before the games uh, began, according to police immediate report. The man, a university student, advent. <laughs> oh God. Lord in heaven, I will never be able to say this name. But he allegedly raped the victim in her twenties. Rak Hamatulavev. Yeah, that's oh, that's my story. I'm sticking with it. We're just gonna call him Doctor D because that's what he tried to do. No, Doctor D is actually a cool name. Yeah, you gotta give him some of the uh, the the raper. We're, we're not like going with the Ripper. We're going like with the Ripper. The Rapier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but those old I Saturday Night Live uh, Celebrity Jeopardy skits with uh, Alex Trebek and, and Sean Connery, the rapiest. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Um, the penis mightier. No, that is the pen is mightier. My but uh, sorry, he apparently ahead. he apparently did this on Friday night. Uh, the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department said without significant uh, uh, specifying the location, location, local media said that the suspect got to know the Japanese woman on the day and attacked her near spectator seats at the stadium after they watched a rehearsal of the opening ceremony. Kyoto News said that they were both part-time workers related to the games and had been working at the stadium before they watched the rehearsal. The man has denied the allegation, saying the woman did not refuse it, his advances. The opening ceremony, and then it went on to talk about how the, they, they'd be held formally to kick off the virus-delayed games. 
uh, let's see, organizers have been forced to bar spectators from all events in the city, including the ceremony in the 68,000 uh, 68, capacity main stadium, which will host the athletics and some soccer matches. It, you, I, I get rape allegations, which is what the, the, the crux to this story is, aside, and, and no, for those of you who are listening, no, I am not downplaying the rape and whatever with the victim. It, shut up and listen. The fact that you know the Olympic really Games are an economic drain on whatever country oh, yeah. gets to host them anyway, okay? They make a lot of that money back by ticket sales. Well, not even that. It's ticket sales, concessions, they, they, souvenirs. They, yeah, it... But it's still a drain. Most countries that host it, they, they are in the hole for like millions years. of dollars. Yeah, yeah. for years. And, and, and when they held those uh, the the Centennial Games in uh, Athens, Greece, Greece is still a shithole because of it. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and the EU is what it's, uh, levying sanctions against Greece. You know, and it's like Greece is in so much financial trouble. You know, and 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 it's just. It's chaos. Yeah. You know, but the fact that, you know, they're having to bar spectators from all the events in the city, including the opening ceremony uh, at the stadium. I mean, that's 68,000 seats. And you know that Olympic tickets aren't cheap. Mm-mm. No, they are not. And you know that the government from Japan is sitting there looking at this like... Really, guys? We've completely and absolutely lost our ass on this. And, and usually, and usually, the stadium that they have, they usually use it for something else. But most of the time, I mean, there is the Rio one. Yeah. They had a. They spent probably about five to six million dollars just to reformat the old, uh, uh, the original Olympic one they had. Like I can't even tell you. It's probably back in the fifties or forties. Yeah, and you sent me another link for. Uh, and that was the same thing. Yeah. I can't say her name. Poland. Yeah, Poland grants humanitarian visa to a Belarusian. Uh, Olympic sprinter who refused to board her flight home. Um, well, there's a thing for this. Yeah, okay. Christina. Oh. I can't see. Timi- Hold on. Let me see here. Christi- uh, da, 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 da. Christina. Christina. Uh, Tim and Novoskia. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. We'll just call her Christina. Well, she uh, she refused to get a flight home. What the whole thing uh, about this was, she was supposed to run the 440. Mm-hmm. She's not trained for the 440. 440 is the 4, not the 440, the 400. Yeah. That's an endurance. And she was a sprinter. Yeah. And basically, she hadn't trained for it. She didn't feel that she was up for it. Okay, she was. She does the two hundred meters, and the four times four four uh, four hundred meter relay without her consent. Yeah, yeah. They they, they were like, yeah. Uh, they, they deprived me of my right to participate in the two hundred meter race and wanted to send me home. She did not detail exactly what she feared or or, or what she feared she would be jailed over, but her fear of reprisal comes after she spoke out against national sporting authorities. And so Belarus, which is one of these um, uh, Baltic countries yeah. that still, you know, they still do things in a very, you know, Eastern Bloc kind of way. Well, what they actually said was, is 
one of uh, someone told her, and this is what she uh, revealed to uh, reporters after she was uh, given. Uh, uh, that's when they gave her asylum. Was uh, you better get a lawyer? When uh, okay, here here it is. Here he is. Uh, MSC in Tokyo said in a statement on Monday that uh, the diplom the Barcelona, uh, uh diplomats arrived at the airport on Sunday to clarify the circumstances to provide possible counseling and legal assistance if necessary, but were unable to obtain any information about her from the Japanese representatives. And the statement added that the athlete was not. Uh, has not been in contact with the embassy. Yeah. Yeah, but Poland said that she was welcome to come there and pursue her athletic career. She just, I, I think Belarus is going to end up looking like the bad guys in this one. Yeah. And, but it, okay. Yeah, yeah nonprofit organization, Global Athlete, called, called on the IOC to immediately suspend the Belarus National Olympic Committee and allow all Belarusian athletes to compete as neutral athletes under the Olympic flag. Um, she was scheduled to leave on a 10.50 p.m. flight to Istanbul on Sunday, but upon arriving at the airport, she approached a Japanese police officer and asked if she could apply for political asylum. Uh, I'm afraid that I might be jailed in Belarus. Um, she said, I'm not afraid of being fired or kicked out of the national team. I'm concerned about my safety. And I think that at the moment it is not safe for me in Belarus. I didn't do anything, but they deprived me of the right to participate in the 200-meter race and want to send me home. Um, so, yeah, she's been in touch with the Polish embassy. And Poland is like, yeah, come on over to Warsaw and we'll hook you up. Yeah. What – and – from and this is just me gathering information on that one event because I just got, I just got a little tidbit of information on one one side on the, but sorry folks, I ended up having the hiccups for a second there, but what happened is what what was happening with the Belarus is a lot of their athletes were either getting hurt or or. It's something to the extent of uh, they're falling out with the running race, and uh, they were losing uh, contestants or or uh, players, basically. But it, it just it was basically a big shit show, I, and I love train wrecks. Yeah, I'll watch a train wreck. Yeah, I mean because there's been a history, especially when the Soviet Union was still a thing, where you would get a lot of Soviet and a lot of Eastern Bloc country athletes that would defect during the Olympics or during major sporting events. Um, it, it's become a lot less and less of a thing. It's become more rare since the Soviet Union fell. But uh, it, it cites a couple this article cites uh, last month, a 20-year-old Ugandan weightlifter went missing after leaving a note saying his life in Uganda was too difficult and he wanted to work in Japan. He was found and transferred to police custody. Multiple African Olympians reportedly went missing during the 2012 games. Um, with Eurita's flag-carrying runner, uh, Wene, I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> their flag runner, or flag carrier, uh, was among those applying for asylum in the U.K., 
Um, unlike these athletes, however, Christina did not appear set out with the intention of defecting for political reasons. Instead, it appears to have been forced into the act after speaking out against an official decision to include her in a race she has not run before. Um, so, yeah. apparently there's some kind of regime in Belarus that they're very, very heavy-handed. Well, you know, we're talking hammer and sickle type people. Uh, you know, there was uh, thousands of people were, uh, uh, see, there was, uh, she said, but Belarusian athletes have faced retaliation, been detained, and excluded from national teams for criticizing the government following mass protests last year against longstanding strongman Alexander Lukashenko. See, I did that one. That was pretty good. Um, thousands of people were arrested in the protests, which were br brutally suppressed by authorities amid widespread reports of abuse and torture. Um, the Belarusian leaders ruled the country for 27 years and was in charge of the country's National Olympic Committee for decades before his eldest son, Victor, took over in February. See, these are very stereotypical Soviet names, right? Um, my son, Victor, he's going to run committee. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, so uh, the IOC refused to recognize Lukashenko's son, saying in a statement that, the, uh, that Belarus NOC had not appropriately protected the Belarusian athletes from political discrimination. Uh, in December, the IOC banned both Lukashenko and his son from attending the Tokyo Games. Uh, so I, I, there <clears throat> Belarus is going to be in some serious hot water. And if... <sighs> It would not surprise me. Sorry, guys, I didn't turn my ringer off before I came in. Um, it would not surprise me um, I'm texting my son back. He was the one that called. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're doing that, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go over uh, Simone Bale. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff on her, and <clears throat> I have to say this: uh, everybody's like, "Oh, uh, she's such a prima donna and everything like that, starting out and everything like that." And she's she said she had the twisties, a and uh, the. What everybody should know is the twisties are something to do. It's an actual thing. It's the simple form of that. It's basically having to do with your... Uh, Spatial awareness. It's yeah. A, it's, it's specifically a gymnastics term um, where they kind of... They, they're, they It's almost... You could almost equate it to the layman's term would be vertigo. Uh, because those those gymnasts, those athletes, they, they're twisting around in the air and... That is really a dangerous sport. Only it because is. If you if yeah. you mess it up, I've, I'm, I mean, I've I've done I've I did do gymnastics when I was younger, and I fucked up my neck really bad just by landing on it in a certain way. And I was on a trampoline. Right, and I mean, I mean, hats off to these gymnasts. I mean, dude, you'd be. You could pull a muscle if you if 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 you assume a position wrong in, in the bedroom, let alone, you know these these uneven bar or un, you know these uh, parallel bars, these uneven bars, the horses, the 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 
what is it called? The uh, or even the floor exercises that, that that the female gymnasts do, but it, it dude, that is some. I mean, if if you bump into a gymnast, like physically bump into them on the street, dude, you're gonna you're gonna be the one that moves, not them. Yeah. Because I mean, they are solid muscle. Yeah. Absolutely solid muscle. I kind of I kind of miss that. Uh, I I lost all that muscle from doing all my uh, uh, getting getting all that muscle when I was uh, when I was younger, and now I'm like, because uh, I I used to I was like 190 pounds. Right, like, pure you're muscle. Kind of rocking a dad bod now. I'm rocking a dad bod. I, I say rocking a dad bod. I'm not rocking the dad bod. I want to get rid of my dad bod, but. You're not really rocking it. I mean, you are rocking it, okay? Because technically, I'm ro- uh, I'm not rocking a dad bod. You're rocking dad uh, dad bod because you actually have somebody you can go home to. Uh, and a matter of speaking, yeah. you have a girlfriend. She enjoys you. Me, on the other hand, I'm and the looking at myself in a mirror is not considered having uh, rocking the dad bod. It's more or less look. Before you start going to the self-deprecation mode, I was trying to give you some props. So how about you just maybe shut that hole under your nose, (laughs) connect it to that lump three feet above your ass, just long enough to accept a compliment. But, okay, thank you for the compliment. (laughs) We'll go with that. Uh, But uh, what's really sad is is she actually still competed. Yeah. Uh, The person that took her place uh, literally took the gold. Uh, I forget, man. This is so sad. I I wish I didn't do that. Okay, now as far as Simone Biles or uh, Biles is concerned, dude, I, I'm I'm behind her 110. I know her last name is Lee. You know, I mean, she. Samantha Lee. You know, because I mean, mental health. I mean, especially for us, that's a big thing. You know, and we're not t- we're not saying that she was suicidal or anything like that, but I mean, if she was not in the mindset. Yeah, absolutely. You do you. You got to take care of yourself first, because if you're out there, and and your spatial awareness is off, and and you're not, you're not you're not at a hundred percent. You can get hurt or killed. I mean, if you land wrong, you break your neck, and then and then what? I mean, you end up still end up hurting the team. Whereas now she bowed out. Of the events that she she was slated to you know compete in, and you know, I I just I don't I don't I don't like the backlash. Everybody's talking about oh she quit on her team she quit on her country. No, she didn't quit on anybody. She didn't quit on the country. She was she was protecting herself. And she, I mean, she was looking out for her teammates. Uh, like the uh, wrestling chick back in the 80s that ended up, like, breaking her leg. Yeah. She had a small fracture because she felt, I was like, hey, maybe I should, shouldn't be doing this. But. Well, you know, Mother Russia demands that you go and you compete. So she goes out and competes. She breaks her leg. What's it do? It hurts the overall score because they, 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 they take all the scores. And on top of all of that, the committee, the Olympic Committee, told her that she was going to compete against everybody, the entire field, and her points were going to be handicapped there because she go. was just so much better than everybody else. Man, she, 
why is every name that we've actually gotten today is a name that I, uh, I mean, my dyslexia is kicking in high gear, especially right. today. Sun, Sunny Shay Lee was the replacement. Right. I, I want to give her props because she still yeah. won us gold. Yeah, she she brought home the gold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, go her, go go Team USA. But the fact is that, I mean, with Simone, she she she. Oh, your points aren't going to be as worth as much as everybody else's because you're just that much better. We want to make it fair. You know what? Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck them. She did what she needed to do. She's either a making a statement or b she's actually standing up for her her mental health, or C, all of the above. I'm willing to take C. Because, to me, that's bullshit. I'm not going to sit there and bust my ass, risk hurting myself because I'm not there completely, you know, like, I, I you know, you, you just, something's off with the equilibrium or something. Only to have somebody who didn't score as well, metal higher. Yeah. Why? Why put yourself through that? And and these elip- uh, these gymnasts, they go through uh, a rigor. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very it's, rigorous uh, regime. I mean, I mean, they're 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 up there at practice at four thirty in the morning. They're practicing all day, on top of living their normal lives. I had a I had a friend of mine. Uh, he was talking about him. Uh, one of his. Uh, workers uh she was a uh god i can't even think of the uh, the corman mm-hmm. uh, she was a corman she worked out all the time and everything she was a gymnast but she has different workout routines compared to uh like a weightlifter type deal yeah uh it, gymnast is more or less kind of it, it's a cross between uh uh, CrossFit mm-hmm. and uh, using base. All you're basically doing is you're using, you're using your body weight as your weight. Yeah, it's, it's and you're gonna keep on building and you're keep on building mass because you're doing all the stuff. Uh, a lot of it, n- most of it, uh, there's a little bit of weightlifting for it, but all in all, it's just basically you're using your own body weight and it's it if say like if i was in my prime and you were in your prime mm-hmm. i did your workout routine <laughs> oh the days yeah but if i went to go to your workout routine and everything like that but i did it on my scale i'd still be able to outdo you because my muscles are used to that kind of weight lifting yeah or it's more of an endurance the, the, yeah, the, the, you train body. for a specific thing, you know, a specific yeah. activity. Uh, you know, it's like when they say with baseball, you know, you, you can take a baseball player, put him in any other sport, and he'll be able to compete. But if you take anybody else and you put them in the sport of baseball and tell them to hit a 90-plus mile-an-hour fastball, nine times out of ten, they can't do it. Yeah. And it's because baseball players train their entire lives, practice their entire lives to hit that fastball. Um and it's a very it's a very unique skill set, and with these gymnasts, you know the the the, the balance beam and everything like that, which is the event the Simone uh, event you know she she did compete in she won bronze in that event, but and I think and I think she bronzed it, got the bronze medal because she was still being scored with that handicap, 
Like they 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 severely neutered her points. Yeah, um, because in, in the gaming she's, world they called it nerfing. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, I mean they nerfed the crap out of her points. I mean it, it's <laughs> it's embarrassing what they did with their with her points. So you know, and <sighs> and I I I think in 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 my head that the reason why uh, she. I mean, it could have just been the twisties, like she was saying. But yeah. if it, in, in my opinion, though, it could have been more. It, it could have been just the, that that type of stress. Yeah. Um, is that all you got for the Olympics? That is all for our Olympics, even though China is beating us right now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But. But. Uh, yeah. So. On to baseball. On to baseball. Oh my God! So this past weekend, uh, Friday o'clock. Friday at 4 o'clock Eastern time was the trade deadline for baseball. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about it. We, the I, last we didn't get to talk 36 about hours of the trade, uh, leading up to the de- trade deadline was entertaining, but it was also incredibly hard to keep up with. Um, Why is that? So many moves. Players moving all over the place. Um, I, people that you almost never hear of. Big names. I mean, big names were going. Um, for example, uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, who played for the Washington Nationals, both of them were on the World Series squad for 20, uh, 2019, the, the, the 2019 uh, World Series team, right? Um, was it 2019 or 2019? 2019, yeah, the, the, the 2019 st- uh, team. Okay. Um they go to the Dodgers. And it's like, okay, now the Dodgers, they're all in trying to win a championship. And they are absolutely trying to build an all-star squad of studs. That's what they did. They went out, made the moves. I'm pretty sure that they gave up a lot of prospects, and that's going to end up coming back to biting them in the ass. But the Dodgers are trying to do what the Yankees of the 90s did, and they're trying to buy everything. Um. But Max Scherzer, um, it's funny with him because he he was the Yankees wanted him bad, but he flat out told him. He even went on Twitter. He's like, "I'm not interested. I want to play for a contender." Right? He's got no interest in wearing Yankee pinstripes. Kind of want to give the guy props for that, but at the same time, you mm, go into the Dodgers. That's almost as bad now. Yeah, you know, for those of you Dodger fans out there, you're going to hear me say that, and you're going to be like, oh, fuck that guy. You know, go ahead and come at me. Do whatever you're going to do. I don't care. Um, the Nationals, in turn, they got catcher Kybert Ruiz, a right-handed pitcher in the name of uh, Josiah Gray, right-handed uh, pitcher uh, Giardo Carrillo, and an outfielder by the name of Donovan Casey. Um, I've heard of Donovan Casey, jo- uh, Josiah Gray. I've heard of him. Um and, and these are these are mid-level players. Uh, Washington, they're trading away all of their big pieces. The only person that they've got left on their team right now from the World Series run is uh, Juan Soto. Okay. That dude showed up to work, and he's like, "Where's everybody at?" You know. Um, but the Dodgers, uh, I mean, <laughs> the Dodgers beat out the Padres, who were in the same division in that whole Scherzer sweepstakes thing. Um, they pulled off the blockbuster trade. 
uh, at the the deadline. Uh, the Dodgers, at least at, um, right now, they're still, I think, at least two and a half games ahead of the Padres for the last wild card spot. But they're still trailing the Giants for the division lead. But um, Scherzer, he's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. And, uh, I mean, the dude has got, he's got skills on the mound. I mean, he's a terrible hitter, but <laughs> most pitchers are. Um, the Giants was making some moves. Now, the Cubs, let me preface this. The Cubs are in complete teardown mode right now. I mean, they are, I mean, I told you last time we did, the, we did an episode. Um, our last episode for the sports show, that the Cubs were complete sellers. They were they were sellers. I mean, they were absolutely holding a fire sale on the north side of Chicago, right? Yeah. Did they get rid of their entire team? Well, uh, damn near almost the whole team. Um, at least as far as their big three. Um, Chris Bryant, who played uh, outfield and third base for the Cubs, he went to the Giants. The Giants gave up Alexander Carino who's now a fielder, and a right-handed pitcher named Caleb Killian, or Killen. Um, Chris Bryant's a former MV, or MVP. And, I mean, it, it, the Giants got off. I mean, they got him cheap. They got him for a, for a pair of prospects. Because at this point, yeah, the Cubs are tearing down everything. I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they traded the, the the ivy growing on the outfield wall for a couple of potted plants and a bag of hot dogs, I mean, it just what are they doing over there in Chicago? They left the fan base just kind of going, uh, what the hell? You know, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, the Blue Jays they got uh, right-handed 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 pitcher Joaquin Soria. This dude. His his numbers this year aren't that great. I mean, at the time of the trade, he had a one and four record with a four point three zero ERA or earned run average, and that's only with twenty nine point one innings pitched at the time he was traded. Um, but the the Diamondbacks, I mean, they're getting a player to be named later. So I mean, basically, at some point into the distant future, maybe during the off season, the Diamondbacks are going to go to the Blue Jays and say, "We want so and so," or "We want so and so." And the Blue Jays have to give them. They have to give that up. Um, do I think that that was a great trade? Not necessarily. Um, it helped the Blue Jays as far as their as far as their their pitching was concerned, because their pitching did need help. Um, but I mean, we'll we'll go over here in a few minutes after I you know try to run down the the trades. You know, as far as the transaction list is concerned, who I thought won and who I thought lost on the trades. Was that basically like a trade in the NFL uh, for, like, uh, the draft? Because I know a lot of people, they'll give up their... Uh, yeah, you'll see you'll see a lot of teams in the NFL. They'll, 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 dr- they'll trade draft picks for this player or that player. Yeah. And yeah, it's basically the same thing. Um, the Braves got right-handed pitcher Richard Rodriguez... And uh, the Pirates got from Atlanta right-handed pitcher Bryce Wilson and right-handed pitcher Ricky DeVito. Um, Rodriguez, he's a, he was a closer. Played 37 games this season for Atlanta. Pitched uh, a 282 ERA with 14 saves while striking out 33 batters at the time that he was traded. Um, the day 
I think it was Wednesday of last week. Uh, my buddy Zach Medford called me, and we we kind of shot the shit with base, you know, on baseball for a little bit, and kind of had our talk, and you know, had our had our takes and everything. Um, because, and and I'll get into that trade here in just a few minutes because. Um. Uh, I, I had I had pegged, uh, always pegged is the wrong word to use. I had picked uh, Anthony Rizzo to go to the Red Sox. That didn't happen. I'll go over how that worked out here in a minute. But uh, the the Padres got center fielder Jake Marisnik from the Cubs, and the Cubs got right-handed pitcher Anderson Espinosa. Espinosa. <sighs> I don't know what the hell Chicago was thinking. Um, but the Padres got Jake Marisnik, and he, he was good. I mean, he's 30 years old. Uh, he'll likely serve a bench role for the World Series. They say World Series contending Padres right now. Yeah, because they haven't, they haven't uh Yeah, they've never won one. They've made it to a, they've made it to a World Series. Um, Tony Gwynn played with the Padres uh, back in the 90s uh, against the uh, Yankees. I think they got swept, but still, they got there. Um, he he's he's bringing five home runs on the year, twenty two RBI so far. So he's having a. I think his numbers are down a little bit, but he'll be a good guy to call on from the bench to say, "Hey, look, we need you to pinch hit in this kind of a situation." He may not be the slugger that they're needing, uh, but it, I think he'll be a, a good as far as like a situational hitting kind of a thing. Um, especially if a pitcher is halfway through his three pitch, you know, three three hitter minimum requirement before he gets pulled. Um, if if you know, I mean, it, it he he'll be a good guy to insert into the lineup mid game when you're talking about matchups, you know, right handed versus left handed, that kind of a thing. Uh, the Mets, the Mets were big players. Um, the Mets they made a lot of moves too. Uh, the Mets are going to be dangerous if they can ever figure it out. Um, they got shortstop Javier Baez from the Cubs, along with right-handed pitcher Trevor Williams. Um, the Cubs got outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, again, anything that the Cubs are getting, no-name guys. Mid-level at best, probably averaging maybe about the lower 35% as far as active players on, the, on major league rosters. But um, Baez, he's he's only 28. Uh, so far, he's hit 22 home runs. At the time of the trade, he hit 22 home runs. Hit 65 RBIs for Chicago this year. Um, he was on the World Series squad for 2016. Um, he can play second or third. Um, and uh, it, let's see, because uh, Francisco Lindor who plays for the Mets. He's expected to return from injury because he's been on the injured list. Um, so when Francisco Lindor comes back to the lineup, expect Baez to move either to the second or third. He's, he's really versatile on that side of the infield. So I see him probably playing. I think they can probably split the time because, I mean, the fact that he's got so much versatility – tells me that he's going to platoon a lot of time. He, he's going to start, but he's going to platoon his time between second and third uh, because Francisco Lindor 
he's one of these multi, you know, like 300 plus million dollar players. He's going to play where he signed to play. So, um, and this was kind of a surprise here. Uh, John Lester of Red Sox fame and Cubs fame. He's won a World Series with both both clubs. Um, was pitching for the Nationals. <laughs> Again, the Nationals are tearing everything down too. Uh, he was traded to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals uh, sent outfielder Lane Thomas. Um, he, he's a five-time All-Star. Lester's a five-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion. He won twice with the Sox, won once with the Cubs. Um, he's got at the time of the trade, he had a three and five record, and sixteen starts, and a five point zero two ERA with fifty-one strikeouts. John Lester, when he's healthy and pitching well, can locate his 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 fastball he can locate his breaking ball stuff i like him i mean yeah i'm a little biased because you know of his time that he spent with the red sox but all of that aside i like john lester i i think he's 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 a quality guy he knows what he's doing and you know he actually hit a home run um like his i think like his uh fifth career home run or fourth, fourth or fifth career home run before he got traded. So, you know, I mean, the guy can actually hit. So, uh, and fun fact, I mean, at the time at least, I don't know if he's still wearing it, but um, he wears number 34 uh, in honor of his, of his one of his very best friends, David Ortiz, who wore the same number when they played together on the Red Sox. But uh, moving on, uh, the Cardinals, it seemed kind of like the Cardinals are stacking up on pitching. Um <coughs> Because the Cardinals pitching pitching staff needs the help, uh, they they got uh, left-handed hitter or pitcher from the Twins, J. A. Happ, um, and along with some cash considerations as well. Uh, the Twins got right-handed pitcher John Gant and a left-handed pitcher named Evan Sisk. Um, Happ Happ's one of those under the radar kind of sneaky, dangerous kind of pitchers. Um, when he's on, he's on, but when he's having a bad day. You can forget about it, kid. That that dude's just going to burn the place down. You know, um, if he's not locating, you can really tell he's not locating. He leaves a lot of stuff hanging out over the edge of the you know, over the center of the plate. Um, he hangs his curveballs a lot, and a lot of those hanging curveballs end up as souvenirs in the in the stands. So it's uh, it's going to kind of be interesting to see how he works with the the pitching staff or the pitching coaches, rather, from St. Louis, uh, whether they've got some kind of secret secret elixir or some kind of sneaky secret squirrel trick that J.A. Happ can, you know, kind of bring together. Um, it would be nice to see him actually flourish. J.A. Happ, a few years ago, uh, took a line drive, a comebacker. They call them comebackers. Pitched the ball, hit or hit it, and it line drive popped right off of his head. Hit him in the head, line drive, from 60 feet and six inches and that ball hit him in the head probably close to 100 miles an hour god that just reminds me of the uh uh guy oh god what, what's his name that threw a fastball and it hit a bird in mid-flight oh yeah, it was randy johnson yeah yeah randy johnson. it was a pigeon um <laughs> no i thought it was a dove no it was a pigeon was it yeah um i mean that thing exploded it did and, and he shoot and that, he, he that, throws like a. You know what's funny about that is that that's the one thing that everybody you know associates with Randy Johnson. 
the dude is a he's a professional photographer now um and in fact if you if you look up his his photography company's website his logo is a pigeon is it yeah who is it randy johnson you know he's in the hall of fame he's throwing a perfect game he's throwing a couple of no hitters uh played for seattle uh, most notably, he paid, played for the Arizona Diamondbacks when they won their World Series uh, titles. But, uh, all right, so keeping in tune with the uh, Washington Nationals teardown fire sale, they sent catcher Jan Gomes and infielder... That's Chuck. a dead pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jan Gomes, who's a catcher, played for the World Series uh, squad for, for the Nationals, along with Josh Harrison. And cash considerations to to Oakland. Oakland sent catcher Drew Milas, right-handed pitcher Richard Gossick, and right-handed pitcher pitcher Seth Schumann. Um, Young Gomes at the time of the trade nine had nine home runs, thirty-five RBIs. Uh, he was batting uh, two seventy-one uh, with a four fifty-four slugging percentage mm-hmm. and two hundred eighteen plate appearances. So he was having a pretty decent year. Um, and you would think that, okay, hey, I'm a strong piece for my team, maybe because we're not doing that well. I'm going to be safe. No, absolutely not. Management, front office said, right, we need to start over from scratch. We need to figure this whole thing out. So don't look for Washington or the Chicago Cubs to be doing a whole lot for at least the next couple of years. Well, what's really sad is uh, the basic fact, the reason why Chicago is really revamping their stuff is because – uh, their 2016 win. Yeah, it's just the way that they're going about it. Yeah, and and they and and the one thing that, that you learn, and if anything else, take a playbook out of the Yankees playbook, or take a page out of the Yankees playbook from the 90s. They had those core guys. They had Jorge Posada, they had Derek Jeter, uh, they had uh, Andy Pettit. I mean, they had this core group of guys: uh, Mariano Rivera. They called them the core five, right? And these five guys, they were just staples on the team. And and then they started, they traded Andy Pettit. And then um, Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter played their entire careers in New York. But as these guys started getting older, they started retiring or they started trading people away. The, the, the whole love affair that people had with the Yankees just kind of dulled over right the national or the cubs the cubs had i mean you have javier baez anthony rizzo and chris bryant those were the core three guys i mean they called them the big three in chicago because these guys nailed down the world series win for Chicago. In fact, the last out of the 2016 World Series was Chris Bryant coming in from third, picking up a ground ball with his bare hand and throwing it to Anthony Rizzo to to get the final out. Anthony Rizzo stuck that baseball in his back pocket and didn't give it up. I mean, he, he was quoted as saying, I slept with that ball at, that night. I would too. You know, so the, the Cubs... I don't know. I mean, it, I was watching Twitter, and there was a lot of people going, what the fuck? And, I mean, a lot of people were feeling well, sorry was, for the Cub fan base because, like, what what are they going to do? Well, a lot of people's reaction on stuff like that, it's always to the staff burst 
I mean, look at uh, the A's back when they won that 20, uh, they got that 20-game uh, streak. Everybody probably at that time that was an athletics what? fan was like, what is this guy doing? Why are they putting this player in, this player? Or, I well, mean, even if you look at, if you actually watch the movie, and I don't know if this stuff was actually happening, uh, but they tried to reenact it to the point to where uh, of this is the reason why he did it is because they were uh, they were going off on people like oh i don't it, he he's a real go-getter i mean he gets a lot of women and everything like that we should put him in over on this it was really just you know no the, the way the way that they constructed that that the 2003 oakland squad purely based on numbers yeah well and that's it they, it was, that that's all they were doing they, they looked at on-base percentages. They were looking at sabermetrics, and it was just some kind of new thing. And yeah. it was completely, it was completely contrary to the old school scouting. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting. Yeah, at. they didn't they didn't use the old tactics. Yeah, they used newer tactics. But this and, and this kind won. of thing this kind of thing happens every trade deadline. Some team out there makes this outlandish trade, and you're just like, what? Why did they do that? And, and, and this year especially, there has been a couple of different teams where they're just like, what in the hell? And don't get me started on the Red Sox. I mean, personally think Chain Bloom, he was hiding out in a fucking subway somewhere eating a damn nasty-ass tuna salad sandwich, waiting, and he didn't do dick. The only, I mean, we got one big piece, and he's hurt right now, and we're waiting for him to come off the injured list so that way we can put him in a fucking game. Don't get me started on that bullshit. So, I mean, I'm exactly where the Cubs fans are. I'm like, what the hell? They're seeing their team making all these kinds of stupid-ass moves. Like, okay, you guys are rebuilding. I get that, but you need to maintain a core group of veterans so that way when you bring these prospects up, you've got some kind of, like, tutelage going on there. There's no mentorship at all. Yeah, and that was Nothing. The, that was a lot of th- uh, things that happened during the uh, uh, A's. Yeah. That time frame is they still kept a lot of veterans, and the only thing they did was, is they had them set up to the point where, hey, find out what your players are good at and what their fear is. And, yeah. And, 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 but and, you know, in 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 these uh, wild ass trades were not specific to just a handful of teams, the Rangers, <laughs> oh the Texas Rangers. I texted my son. Uh, the first big trade that the Texas Rangers made, and he he, he texted with a one word reply, "fuck," <laughs> right? Because he knew uh, that it was gonna man. it was bound to happen. John Daniels, who is uh, the the GM for the for the Rangers, the guy is a certifiable knucklehead, absolute knucklehead. Well, they got rid of Nolan Ryan, so well. The only reason why they okay, the only reason why Nolan Ryan was part owner of the team at that time was because they conned him into signing on with the ownership group, so that way they could buy the Rangers to keep them from moving. Yeah. Okay. So the Rangers traded away right-handed pitcher, a starting pitcher, Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy, also a starting pitcher, and right-handed pitcher Han Kraus, along with some cash considerations to the Phillies. The Rangers, in, in turn, got a right-handed pitcher, Spencer Howard, right-handed pitcher, Kevin Gowdy, 
and another right-handed pitcher, Josh Gessney, right? Philadelphia is needing pitching help because at the time of the trade, they were three and a half games back of the Mets for the National League East Division. Um, so they needed some consistent arms that they can depend on, they can insert into the lineup and say, okay, every fifth day, you're the guy that we're going to go to. Get out there and do your damn job, right? So Gibson, he joins the rotation at the time of the trade with a 287 ERA, 94 strikeouts in 19 starts. Okay. Um, while really, um, Ian Kennedy was not a starter. I'm sorry, he was a reliever. Um, he held at, at the time of the trade a 251 ERA, 35 strikeouts, and 16 saves this season. Okay. Those are you know, those are good numbers. Those are decent numbers. Okay. Um, I got to see uh, freaking Ian Kennedy close out a game against the, the Red Sox, and he got a save. I mean, the dude's got certifiable good stuff. Okay. I mean, he's got good action on his fastballs. Uh, his 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 curveball is is it's respectable. Okay. The Rangers. We all know that the Rangers weren't going to win anything. They weren't going to go anywhere this year. But there we are. You know, they're you know, hang on to some of the good pieces that you got. But instead, no, the the the, the not the Yankees. The the Rangers were trading away some of their big guys. And it, you just kind of sit there and go, I, I I I get how it makes sense for these other clubs to make a play for it, but. What the other clubs were sending back in, in return, it's almost disrespectful. I mean, it's it's kind of like you sit there and go, it's like that scene at a Friday, right, when Ezell slips and falls in the store and he's like, my neck, my back, I want $150,000, but we sat out of court right now for a cheeseburger and two packs of envelopes, right? <laughs> I mean that is that's basically really <laughs> that's what the, I mean that's what the Rangers got in return. I mean they they. They, they, they walked into the store, pretended like they slipped and fell, gave up so much, and all they got back was two cheeseburgers and a packet of envelopes. Bullshit. That's all it was. Complete, utter, unadulterated horseshit. I mean, and we're not talking good horseshit that you can just, like, re recycle and throw into the compost and then use fertilizer later. No. And this is because the horse got into the onion patch and not only does the horse shit smell, but it smells like wild onions. You can't use it for anything. You're talking about a swamp donkey. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's not fair. He's just a donkey. All right, so the Yankees no, made I, some I, trades I like, as I, well. I, I, sorry. No, you're I, good. Go ahead. I, I love – I love. okay, the reason why I say swamp donkey, because basically what it is is a donkey that just basically feeds, uh, feeds on the stuff that's in the swamp. Yeah. So it smells and it's disgusting. But you still you have some kind of use for it. Yeah. All right, so the Yankees were making moves, too. Um, <laughs> oh, man, were the Yankees making moves. Okay, so they got a left-handed pitcher named uh, Andrew Henney, along with some cash considerations. So you think about it. The Yankees are worth like $219 billion as a franchise. Why the hell are you going to give them cash like they need it, right? Yeah. Okay, um, they trade. They made a trade with the Angels for. Um, they they got Henny from the Angels. In return, the Angels got right-handed pitcher Jason Junk. That's his actual name, Jason Junk. 
Um, it's almost as good. That's not that good, but it's almost as good as the guy that we interviewed for uh, what the hell for the Wichita con, uh, con Oriel Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Oral Johnson. Yeah. No, it's Royal. Oh, Royal Johnson. That's right. That's right. Royal Johnson. Yes, that is. Yeah, that's that's true. He was the teacher, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He uh, did the comic book. Look at me. I'm helping. Um, I know, right? And uh, so they also got a right-handed pitcher named Elvis uh, Perego. Uh, Puego. I know I just butchered that. If, if you know Spanish, Puego, and you got to say it with like Puego. Now he sounds Italian. Anyways, I don't know what. So, um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Yankees just because. Yeah, because you're gonna get into Braves. Because we need to wrap this up. I know, dude. There is so much that I have to go over. I'm gonna try to get through this. So just quit interrupting me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, the Braves they they got outfielder Jorge Soler, um, and they sent uh, to the Royals a right-handed pitcher Casey Kalich. Um, now, okay, on that, what why, did I just say? Go I ahead. know, I know. I had, I have to ask though, because it, it, I understand that there's a big difference between the right and a left-handed picture. Pitcher, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what? Because a lot of people can't hit from a left-handed pitcher for some reason. Uh, the the old adage is is that if you're a left-handed pitcher and you can throw a fastball that's 90 plus miles an hour, you can find a job in baseball. Okay, so moving on. Uh, I'm going to try to, like, consolidate this here. I wanted to be exhaustive because we owe it to our listeners, but because you're sitting there tapping your watch and telling me that we're, const- you know, crunched for time. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. It's just... You even did the passive-aggressive, I'm shutting my MacBook down, and you even turned off your mouse. Anyways, well, that, that, that's so because an, I, interesting I, inter-city, an, 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 an interesting inner-city trade between the White Sox and the Cubs. The, the Cubs sent... Right-handed closer Craig Kimbrell, who used to play for the Braves, also used to play for the Cubs, um, or and the White Sox rather, or not White Sox. Jesus Christ, Red Sox. Red Sox. Thank you very much. He was part of our 2018 squad. Um, anyway, um, he he had the name uh, Cardiac Kimbrell because this dude, it was an emotional roller coaster watching this guy try to close a game. He's got great stuff. Don't get me wrong. When he's on, he's on. But most of the time, when he starts nibbling at the edges of the corners of the plate and he's not getting those calls, I, I, I mean, I think during the 2018 playoff run, I probably aged three years watching this guy try to close games out. Really? He was just that slow? It's not that. It, no, it's not. It, it's just the stress that he puts you under. As a fan, you're just sitting going, oh, my God. Why are you pitching like this? <laughs> you know, it's like you're better than this. Anyways, um, so we're moving on. The Brewers, and eh, nobody really cares because those are two nowhere nowhere teams. Um, the Phillies made another trade with uh, Baltimore, uh, so they got a new shortstop named Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis, I like him. Um, he went back to Philadelphia where he made his major league ba- or debut. Um, he spent the first six years of his career there. Um, he signed a $1.5 million contract at the beginning of the year with, with Baltimore. At the time of the trade, he was batting two forty nine with nine home runs and 26 RBIs. He's on the injured list because he's got a right quadricep train, uh, strain, but he's due to come back off of that. And so as soon as he steps back into those Philly pinstripes and starts 
you know, getting inserted into their lineup after, you know, may, he might have to do maybe a rehab start in their AAA club. I think uh, it's Redding is their AAA club. But um, he, he's going to bring a good bat. Um, you know, he, he's he's just a little bit south of that Mendoza line, but, you know, but not too terrible. I mean, he's, he's a good situational hitter, and depending on um, – he does have his preference for clubs that he likes to hit against. So he, he's one of those, I own this club or I don't own this club. So, I mean, he's – but he's dependable. And defensively, he's not that big of a liability. So that was a smart move by the Phillies. Um, the Red Sox. Okay, so they got right-handed pitcher Hanson Robles and uh, traded him to the twin or from the Twins, and they sent a right-handed pitcher, Alex Sheriff. Um this one, well, okay, so. Yeah. Is he good or not? Uh, he's made 40, at the time of the trade, he made 45 appearances for the Twins, going three, three, three and four with 10 saves and a 491 ERA. Um, I'm not a fan of the, uh, I'm not, a, I just, I'm not a fan of the trade. I'm not. Um, Why is that? Time will tell. Because we needed – I'll encapsulate that here in just a minute. Um, we also made a trade for left-handed pitcher Austin Davis from Pittsburgh. I'm a fan of this trade, and again, I'm not. I, I liked Michael Chavez, who we sent – who the Red Sox sent to Pittsburgh. Um Michael Chavis is one of those players he wants to be there. He he legitimately wants to be there. Um, he he was drafted by the Red Sox, played in their farm system, has filled in and and he's been a he's he's been at best he's been a very mid-level contributor. So basically mediocre. Ish. Yeah. Um, he he has some skills, but he doesn't have that great of skills. Yeah, but he's one of those players where he needs to be inc- incorporated into the grind, and he needs to face that pitching on a regular basis in order to get better. And I think he's going to get that opportunity in Pittsburgh. I'm going to continue to follow his career just because I like him. You know, his personality as as a personality, it, it he, he's got, he's got that charisma going for him. So and and I think that he as overall is like his promise as a player. As far as his skill set is going to be concerned, I think he's going to get better. He just needs that major league time, and I think he's going to get that in Pittsburgh. Um, it was like me watching uh, Peyton Manning. The only reason why I like Peyton Manning is only because it's really funny. <laughs> right. Um, uh, let me see here. I can skip over this one. Okay, now because I know that Zach listens to the show, uh, if I skip over this Braves trade, I'll never hear the end of it. So uh, they got Adam Duvall from the Marlins, and they sent catcher Alex Jackson down there to Miami. Hey uh, Zach, if you're actually listening to this, give us a give us a, what do you think about that trade? <laughs> yeah, he'll leave it in the comments. Um, Duvall was acquired by Atlanta um, at the end of the 2018 trade deadline and sent parts spent parts of three seasons with the Braves. Now he's coming back, so it, it's not like he's a new player. That's unfamiliar with the with the Atlanta market. It, 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 there even may be some fans out there that still have. There may even be some fans that are still out there that have Duval jerseys hanging in their closet somewhere. I don't know, but um, 
he at the time of the trade he hit 229 with a 478 slugging average hit 22 home runs in 90 games with Miami up to that point so he's got a good bat and defensively I think he's 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 probably top top 25 percent in that range as far as like defensive outfielders amongst the National League so I I like that trade I mean, he was just doing nothing but kind of just spinning his wheels and toiling and playing meaningless games down in Miami. Whereas Atlanta, it, 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 Atlanta's season had a lot of promise, but it kind of went off the rails and, the, and the, the, the wheels fell off the cart. So next season, going into next season, watch for Atlanta to finally hopefully pull their heads out of their collective asses. When's the last time they, they even uh, got into the playoffs? Uh, it was last the 90s. year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year they made it all the way to the NLCS. They played the the, the Dodgers. See the last and, I, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, they took it like six games. Hmm. So you know it. It just it, it, Atlanta has had the misfortune of injuries this year, and I think that that's the biggest contributing factor to. The way you know, you know, the decline of it, the of the Braves this year, um, that that and some lackluster performances from their pitching staff. Past that, you know, you still got to have people like Freddie Freeman. Um, whenever Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. comes back off of injury, because uh, he he had surgery, so he's done um, for the year. So when he comes back, I mean, that kid right there. He's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of pop in his bat, and it, it, defensively, he's he's pretty solid. So once he comes back from injury, he rehabs his knee properly, um, does maybe light workouts, resumes baseball activities during the winter. I think he'll be squared away. Look for Atlanta to to, to really compete for their division next year. I'm going to go ahead and go on record as saying that. Um, so we're moving on here. Uh, the Blue Jays in. The Blue Jays kind of went all out for pitching this this trade deadline. They got Jose Barrios from the Twins, um, and the Twins in in, in return got an uh, Austin Martin. He's a shortstop outfielder, so he's almost like a utility player. And then they got a right-handed pitcher, Simone Woods Richardson. Um, Barrios was one of those guys that a lot of teams were in on him. I mean, they wanted to get this guy. Um, he's under contract through next season, so. The, the Blue Jays, it's not one of these, hey, we're, we're going to rent you basically for the rest of the season. We've They've got control over him for next year. Um, at the time of the trade, he had a 348 ERA, and he was averaging 9.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, and he was averaging like 2.4, almost 2.5 walks per nine inning. Um, and then he pitched 121.2 innings up to the point of his trade with Minnesota. So now that he's with Toronto, I, I saw – now, he, he had a start with uh, with Toronto since the trade deadline, and he was pretty lights out. Now, on these trades, I know you have to go uh, a little bit more. It's just out of curiosity. On these trades, though, how bad do you think it's going to – when does these trades do affect? They go into effect immediately. And immediately. So immediately. Those, so those people are actually being – As soon as that trade's trade? done, as soon as that trade's done, those two teams come to that agreement, that player – they're pulled from the lineup, and they are sent. They, they they get on a plane and head to their new city. Okay, 
Now, how do you think that it will affect them switching out? Not very much at all. I mean, if anything else, um, well, for example, the Cubs, and, and I'm going to get into this here in just a second, but um, you know, I'm going to skip over that Red Sox trade. Now, I want to talk about the Yankees trade. They got Anthony Rizzo. I was absolutely livid, along with the rest of Red Sox Nation, pissed off about this trade because we think that uh, Brian Cashman and the Yankees, they're notorious for going out and getting players that they know other teams, especially that the Red Sox, are interested in, just so that way other teams don't get them. Um, granted, yes, the Red Sox, or not the Red Sox, the Yankees needed help at first base. Anthony Rizzo's a left-handed hitter. He can take advantage of that short porch in Yankee Stadium. I mean, good God, a little leaguer could hit a fucking home run in, in right field at Yankee Stadium. So, it, I mean, it, I think it's like 315 to the fence. It, it's incredibly short. <laughs> you couldn't even fit a football field there. But, um, and basically the Cubs, all they got was just a couple of prospects in return. So, I think what the Yankees are focusing on uh, is – yeah, we're going to get these big pieces, but we're—I mean—they're basically raping their farm system. I mean, they're just emptying them out of, of all these prospects and just sending them to the wind for win now, pay later. You know, and it's almost like it's—it's kind of like they're trying to inject life into their otherwise failing season. Because let's face it, as far as the Yankee fan base is concerned and the New York media is concerned, any time that the Yankees don't make the playoffs, the season is considered a losing season. And that's just something that just can't be allowed to happen in New York. So, I mean, if, if they make all of these big moves and still end up not getting into the playoffs, I am going to personally print out all of the headlines from the New York Post and the New York Times, and I'm going to I'm gonna put them up here on the wall for us to be able to look at during the winter because it, that's going to be our comic relief. It's just going to be hilarious. Now, the Red Sox did make a decently smart move. They got they went out to the Nationals and said, hey, uh, we want Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber played for the Cubs in the 2016 World Series. Okay, He was traded to the Nationals uh, like a year or like a couple of years after that. Um, the, the, I think I, I like this trade. Because, yeah, even though Schwarber's hurt right now, when he comes back, he's got a decent bat. Um, he, he At the time of the trade, he had 25 home runs, 53 RBIs, and 72 games. So the guy's got a good bat. He's left-handed. Um, and he's, I mean, it just it's almost kind of like he's got a swing that was built for Fenway. And, and I know that that's a cliché. And you hear it a lot, especially amongst Red Sox, you know, uh, player talk, right? You know, it's like, oh, well, this guy's got a swing tailor-made for Fenway, blah, blah, blah. You'll see a lot of players, they'll have t swings that fit well in different parks. And it's like, oh, it's made for this park, it's made for that park. Well, if you're playing for the team that lives in that park, then, yeah, you got to – it's, it's tailor-made. So it just – It's it's more of a just kind of a, a I guess an alliteration of the potential that this guy's going to bring, you know, to the team. So, um, do they actually try him out though? No, 
no, no, no. Maybe Try because they're out in that park or no, no. No, just... uh, to my knowledge, Kyle Schwarber's only played like a couple of times in Fenway, and that's when the Cubs came to visit Fenway during interleague play. Okay. So, um, it's it's just one of those weird phrases that I'm I'm like trying to wrap my head around yeah. and everything like that, but. Um, let me see here. Okay, now the biggest news here. This is this this is the link that I sent to to my oldest son, and he replied with the one word "fuck" reply. You know, Yankees went out and they talked to the Texas Rangers, and they got outfielder Joey Gallo. This guy, he's got a good bat. Defensively, he's okay. Um, better than mediocre, but he's not outstanding, right? I mean, he'll make all-star teams based on his offense alone. Um, now, he's he's a, he's, a, he's a left-handed slugger. Again, he's got one of those tailor-made swings for Yankee Stadium. He'll take advantage of the short porch. Again, all he's got to do is just basically slap at the ball. <laughs> I mean, this guy's strong enough to where if he tried to hit a bunt over the right field fence, he could probably hit it. Um, so... It, it he he's on he's got a really high on base percentage. So I mean he's got good strike zones. Di, di, uh, well, I say good strike zone discipline. No, he doesn't. He strikes out a lot. He gets on base about forty percent of the time, and he's got he's got that that power balance. So when he's not hitting home runs or, or line screaming line drive base hits, he's striking out like crazy. Um, the guy very rarely takes a walk, and that's just because he sees the ball and he wants to attack it. Um, basically, he's like uh, a chihuahua with a ball. <laughs> sometimes he'll get hardly, it hardly. Yeah. Sometimes he'll get it in his mouth, and, and but most of the time he's just trying to gnaw. Yeah. Now I don't want to disparage Joey Gallo because I mean I think that the guy's a good he's a good ball player. He's but not listening to us. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, it's it's for the people who listen that are our fans of these people or our fans of those teams. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm not bagging on him just because he's wearing Yankee pinstripes. I mean, personally, I think I, while he's in those Yankee pinstripes, I want his numbers to tank. I'm just going to be honest and put that out there. But um, yeah, that that was that was a uh, yeah that that the Yankees went out and they they made a lot of big name acquisitions during the trade. Whether or not these guys are going to be rentals, if they're going to have any kind of like um, longevity in New York, we'll see. I mean, that's 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 to be seen. Well, after after they do this trade and everything like that, do they just basically send them back to the team? No. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. So um, so, so basically, basically, what you're saying what, what happens is <coughs> what happens is that at the end of the season. If that player does not, if that if that player's not under contract for another year, the team that he goes to, if he's under contract for another year, the team that he goes to gets control of that contract, so he'll stay there for at least one more season. Now, if it's if it's you know, you heard me use the term rental. Yeah. Okay. That's that that that's the reason why I keep on asking so that question. When I'm talking about rental players, okay, the guys usually at the end of his contract. He gets traded to a team that needs him. He plays for that team for the remainder of the season. If he wants to re-sign with that team, if that team, if if they come to an agreement, he can sign a free agency deal to stay with that team. Okay, or they can just say, you know what, screw this, I'm bouncing and I'm going to put my name out there. 
and he'll sign a contract with whatever team uh, he agrees with. So it's it's it, and when I say rental, literally that is it. He is a rental player. He you know he whoever he is is a rental player. Um, <clears throat> if if they don't have the luxury of having contract control into the next season. The team that, re that that receives that player basically either gives up cash considerations or they give up prospects or they give up players on the major league roster already just to acquire the services of this particular player for a month and a half to two months. Maybe okay, three that, if they that, go into the, uh, uh, you know, okay, that makes depending on how now. deep they go into the playoffs. But it also makes sense with basketball. What they're making, right? Yeah, we of. keep coming back to that, but, um, but yeah, no, it, it, the, I mean, like the Rays, they, they, the Rays made a deal with, um, the Rays made a deal with with the Twins. They got Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is coming in towards the end of his career, but he's still got a good bat. Still got a lot of power. He can still hit home runs. The guy's smart on the base pads for the most part. Safe okay. with the with the exception of the last well what should have been the last out of the 2010 World Series. Sorry, Rangers fans. I I know that's still too soon, but um, just so that way you have this in in perspective. Game six of the 2010 World Series, the Cardinals were losing. David Freeze comes up to bat, and he hits what should have been a routine pop up to end the game and in the series giving Texas its first world championship right okay Nelson Cruz moves to his left gets up underneath it but instead of camping out underneath the ball he kind of does this like little jump and he botches the catch they drops the ball it clinks out of his glove gets away from Nelson Cruz and the tying run comes across the plate. So, I mean, in, I mean, Rangers fans all around the country, well, I say country, all around the state, and those who were rooting against the Cardinals, just absolutely lost their fucking minds. I mean, you could hear the heartbreak all across North Texas. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> they had that series in hand. Now, I'm not hanging the 2010 World Series on Nelson Cruz. Just like I don't hang the 1986 World Series loss for the Red Sox on Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner's play, if you go back and you Google it, it he, he routine ground ball up the first baseline, and it basically goes through the five hole. I mean, he just it, it squirts out from his glove and right between his legs, and he, he just he flubbed it. And the Mets went on to win that game and then consequently, consequently went on the next night to win game seven. Um, but just like I'm not going to hang the 86 World Series on Bill Buckner, I'm not going to hang the 2010 World Series on, on Nelson Cruz because the Rangers had every opportunity to come in the next night for game seven and absolutely show out. They didn't do it. it. They didn't even bother to play. I mean, it. they were there physically, but I think that they just had all the mental wind taken out of their proverbial sails. They didn't even bother to show up. 
to include who would have normally, uh, who in my opinion, would have been the shoe-in for the World Series MVP, Josh Hamilton, didn't even bother. I mean, he had a terrible night at the plate the next night. And the, and the Cardinals ran away with Game 7. Absolutely ran away with Game 7. They won the 2010 World Series. So, I mean, <coughs> the 2010 edition of the Rangers, their clubhouse had the, the, the right combination of personality, offense, pitching, defense. It just came down to a one bad play plus a game. That's all. So Yeah, it just goes through his legs. Yeah, so but you get a lot of Red Sox fans and, and myself included for a few years until I, I kinda just Huh, he's dead. Yeah, Bill Buckner died. Um he was invited I mean for dude, it, it for his family it was terrible. I mean it really was. Um his kid was getting beat up in school and getting threatened in school. Um and his family moved out of Boston. Because they they were constantly getting like death threats and just con- just the, the absolute hazing from from the mass holes up there in Boston. I mean, it was just relentless, right? They couldn't go anywhere without hearing about it. And uh, um, when they won the World Series in twenty four or two thousand four, you, know, you saw a couple of fans, uh, Red Sox fans, up at uh, Bush Stadium when they were playing the Cardinals holding up a sign that says, we forgive you, Bill Buckner. And I'm like, you know, screw those guys because there was no reason to forgive Bill Buckner because he didn't actually do anything wrong because, like I said, the Red Sox didn't bother to show up for Game 7. But, um, and I say that as a Red Sox fan, so take that for what it's worth. Um, you know, but with... And, 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 you, and, you, and you see this happen in sports a lot. Uh, 2003, the Cubs were playing the Marlins in the NLCS for the National League pennant and a chance to go to the World Series, right? Pop fly in foul territory. It's 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 slicing over into foul territory, going down the left field line, right? Okay. Marlins outfielder went to go field the ball. The ball is. Mostly over the stands at this point. And a guy by the name of Bill Bartman. I think of Bill Bartman. Anyways, Bartman is his last name. He's sitting there with headphones on, listening to the radio broadcast. And... Oh, no, 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 the Cubs. Cubs were fielding. All right, so the Marlins guy pops up over there, right? So the the Cubs outfielder goes to field the ball. When it's over the seats, the fans have just as much of a right to that ball as the player. Okay? This poor guy, the ball clinked off of his hands, and at that point it's a dead ball. It should have been a decisive out right to get the cubs out of what could have potentially been a very bad inning for them <clears throat> the cub outfielder points at bartman everybody starts immediately booing this guy the fans and stands are booing him 
they're throwing shit at him. Not literal shit, but they're 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 throwing like hot dog wrappers, pouring beer on him. I mean, they're just being complete douchebags, right? He gets escorted out of the stadium. He starts receiving death threats, like actual legitimate death threats. People are egging his house. I mean, absolute hell for this guy. He still doesn't want to go to Wrigley Field to this day because of it. The Cubs wanted to invite him to the 2016 World Series. He refused. Absolutely refused. This guy has been a Cubs fan his whole life. He's being given the opportunity to sit Steve in. Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. Thank you. The, he, I mean, he's being handed World Series tickets by the team. Come as our guest. And he's like, I can't do it. Because of the treatment that those fans gave him. And, I mean, every team's got its bad fans. But some teams are just notorious for having bad fans. Like the Phillies, the the, the Yankees, the Cubs. You know, I mean, it kind of goes back to when I was railing against that whole... Remember when I took my boys down to Houston and we, I took everybody to an Astros game? And uh, they they threw a home run ball back out onto the field because it was hit by the by the visiting team. Oh my God! I'm looking at that video right now. Yeah. And yeah, he literally. Oh God. Yeah, that is. Moises Alou, I think, is the guy, the outfielder. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So. It literally the guy like he had just as much a chance to catch that ball. He fucked that play up just as much as Steve Bartman did. Uh, no, because they went back and broke that down frame by frame. It had actually hit him in the damn glove. And he sat there and tried to call fan interference. His hand was in the glove, though. His hand, here was the edge of the glove, and here's his hand. I mean, they were right next to each other. No, his hand is right on top of it. Well, then at that point, Moses Alou had the, I mean, he should have and got on top. I mean, what is he? No, I mean, he, 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 he couldn't. He, he Bartman, couldn't do it. Bartman's natural reaction is completely and totally understandable. You see a ball coming, you're going to reach out for it. I mean, come on. The dude paid money for those seats. Moises Alou is going to sit there and throw this guy under the bus. And not once to this day has Moises Alou ever apologized for that shit. Not once. Not a single time. Not, I'm, I'm looking at it now. And hold on. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. But, but the fact of the matter is you can't hang that series on Steve Bartman no. because the Cubs should have showed up the following night, or at the very least they could have pitched their way out of that situation, and they failed to do it. And yeah. it's not because of what happened on some, you know, with somebody in the stands. It's not because of a singular play with one of your other players or teammates. No, you failed to rise to the occasion. You failed to meet the standard, and you failed your city. Let's just point. Let's just call it what it is. They failed their city. Nelson Cruz failed the city of Arlington. He failed the t the fan base. The team the following night failed everybody. The Red Sox in '86 did the same thing. 
they failed. Absolutely failed. Last year's World Series, Tampa and, 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 and the L.A. Dodgers playing down there at that travesty of a stadium, Globe Life Field. Okay? The, the Rays took it as far as they could take it, and they fell flat on their face. Who would have missed the ball? Bartman or Lou? Lou. It was on the edge of his uh, glove. Look into the See, he didn't make a good play then. He did not make a good play. He had just as much of a chance to make that a good play versus anything else, and he failed. Absolutely. But you know what the be- the beautiful thing about baseball is? Is the fact that you can come back from stuff like that. Yeah. Because eventually time will heal all wounds, to include Steve Bartman. Now, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Steve Bartman and say that at some point he's going to end up at Wrigley again. Probably not. He may may end up just watching the games from home just because of the fact that if he gets seen out in public, people are going to either A, give him shit, or he's going to B, you know, get apologized to. Tart and feathered? No, and not not tart and feathered. I mean, because, I mean, at that point, I mean, we've won, they, they've won a World Series. So, I mean, the, the the drought was over. So, you know, they can't hang that on him. But yeah. you're going to still get that dickhead fan out that's be like, oh, I remember you, fuckface, and they're going to they're gonna give him shit for it. And they're going to ruin his experience at the ballpark. It's like, when you go to the ballpark, you mean, yeah. I mean, okay. For example, last night, the Astros were playing in L.A. against the Dodgers. Now, this is a new heated rivalry because of what happened during the 2019 World Series, right? So, or rather the 20, 2017 World Series when the, when the Astros did their whole sign-stealing scandal. Anyways, so, you know, it, it the, the, Dodger, the, the Dodgers hosted the, the Astros last night, right? The Astros went in there and shut out the Dodgers, like beat them soundly, like they could not score. And there's, I'm, I'm seeing, you're seeing these all these Twitter videos out there now. Like the stands became a friggin' war zone. If you wore an Astros jersey, I mean, Dodgers fans were throwing beer, they were throwing hands. It just, it, it was ugly. I mean, just absolutely ugly. I mean, I won't even go as far as to go to blows with a Yankees fan because why? It's not worth my time. I'm not going to sit there and risk getting tossed out of a major league ballpark and banned from that facility and possibly all 30 facilities because I decided to throw a punch. I mean, yeah, we can run our mouths and we can talk smack to each other, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're there to enjoy a friggin' ball game. We need to just shut up and watch it, right? When you walk through the turnstiles, you're a kid for three to four hours. That's the point, right, as a fan. You go, you... you you work your ass off and you buy these tickets you go to sit at a game you pay too much for hot dogs you pay too much for beer and you you pay way too much for stale popcorn but you're there watching a game right you're making memories with your friends your family your loved ones you're not there to get into a damn fist fight because somebody else is running their mouth you can chirp back fine yeah that's that's great I've been known to do that I've I've even been known to chirp at the fa- at the players on the field. Well, here's a fun fact about it: uh, Steve Bartman actually got a World Series ring after they won. Yes, the that is that is something that I, that I, I I single-handedly thought that that was a very classy move on the part of the Cubs. They gave him a World Series ring. I mean, he didn't want to come to the World Series, 
but they gave him a ring, which I thought was great. I mean, it's not one of these replica rings. It's it's no, an it's actual world, ring. World, yeah, world I mean, they, they it's an actual ring that he can wear. Um, now, I, I think that honestly, that that would go along. <laughs> it better go a long way towards healing that wound there, and kind of smoothing things over. But it, yeah, it, it just. I went from doing this whole trade thing. I mean, I, I've gone over the trades that I want to go over. Um, okay. But well, uh, one last thing. Yeah, one last thing. Head, go ahead. Head off. Uh, if everybody notices, and this is good, this is our fast one. So as soon as it's done, and we uh, and I edit and everything, I put it up. So it'll be the first one of the week. Uh, you notice that we have a nineteen, uh, a seventeen seventy six flag, uh, old glory. And that's uh, oh, Betsy to, Ross flag. And that's due to Derek Roberts. Uh, he's actually a listener. Uh, he's well. He says every once in a while he'll he'll listen to our our cast. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, we did purchase it from him. Uh, you can go to Derek Roberts. Just message him, or I think uh, he has his number up here. Yeah, it's uh, more more wood more wood M O O R E wood flags. Yeah. Um, it's Facebook. It's uh, face or fb.me at more wood flags. Um, he's got more wood project at yahoo.com as his email address. Uh, if you want his number, message us uh, on our Facebook page. We'll be happy to shoot you that number. Or, 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 or you can just find or, or, Yeah, his we'll, website we'll is morewoodflags.com. Yeah, uh, or we can send him to his Facebook page where he. What's really interesting about his story, though. And I want him to have it on, and uh, I need to uh, message him uh, mid-August uh, because he's doing a lot of work right now. He's very busy. He used to be a pharmacist, and now he does this. Yeah, dude, Derek, I, I've got to tell you, man, this, this flag is sexy. And I'm not just saying that, uh, dude. It's legitimately a sexy flag. Um, I, 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 want, I want to buy one. I mean, I've been wanting one like this. I, I seriously, yeah, legitimately, I, I, I want I, one. I saw that and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely." Because he he was like, "Hey, uh, uh, I was watch, I was looking at your uh, Facebook page, and well, I need to put this one on top. I have a old glory, and th- that's my favorite flag because it's the first flag that we actually. Well, it's not the first flag we actually technically flown, but it's, it is the first one that was adopted by the Continental Congress. Yeah, and. It's just the beginning of what uh, of our nation, which we both uh, love and respect. And I just wanted to go out and say thank you, Derek Roberts. Uh, go to his Facebook page, uh, find him anywhere you can. These things are gorgeous, and uh, purchase one. Yeah, I mean, really and nice. if you're listening, on, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, and you can't see this. This thing, it looks like it's waving. It is absolutely I, I need, I need beautiful. A, I need to take a picture of it and uh, put up on our. Yeah, uh, make, it the, just, make it the make it the make it the, the. I wanted to wait until we actually got it up. Yeah, um, not not the profile picture, but the. Um, what is the name of the, <laughs> the other picture? The background picture on our Facebook profile. Background picture. Y- y- yeah, thanks a lot, Dick. <laughs> no, but yeah, make, 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 it, make it the background picture on our, well, actually, on our Facebook actually, page. Actually, I was thinking about making uh, our background picture us in that. We need to get, we need to actually do the picture. Yeah, we need that. somebody who knows how to take pictures, yeah. 
I can take the pictures. Just we need to take the time to do it. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways, I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickerman. Keep it class of San Diego, everybody. Thank you very much. Oh, also, before we forget, uh, if you're on YouTube for the very first time watching us, click the subscribe button. Hit that bell notification. Give us a like. Get involved in the comment section. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, five-star ratings only. We don't care if it's a bad review. Just give us five stars. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. I still need to learn more about the Patreon. And yeah. uh, I'm actually working on getting this on Apple, uh, not Apple, uh, Amazon Music. Amazon Music, yeah. Amazon, Am- Amazon Podcast Services? No, it's Amazon Oh, Amazon Music, music but it's just it's their podcast channel. Podsic. Right? Gotcha. They have podcasts there. Anyways, keep it class to San Diego. Y'all have a good night. And, and we thank will you for listening. Talk to you next week. Sports. Bye, bye, bye.